City Community Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.rivercitychicago.com. Good morning, River City. It's good to be with you all today um, to tell you I was a little bit nervous, um, but just being in this space with you all, this place of worship and community and fellowship, it just it really brings a true sense of peace. So usually I'm sitting over there towards the back, my husband Brian. Um, today I have a bit of a different vantage point, um, get to see all of your lovely faces um, but really, it is my, my joy and, my, and really an honor to, um, to share with you a passage of scripture that has been really meaningful to me this past year. So if you would bow your heads with me, I'd like to open us up in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we exalt you in worship today. We are humbled by your presence And Lord, I ask that today you would open our hearts, our minds, our souls to see and to hear more clearly. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so today we're going to dive into um, a passage in Luke, chapter 11, verses 33 to 36. Um, And I would invite you to stand um, for the reading of the word, and we'll we'll just jump right in. All right. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be completely lighted as when the light of a lamp shines on you. Amen. That is the word of God. Please go ahead and have a seat. All right. So today we'll be talking a lot about light. Light is imagery for God, the goodness of God, the presence of God, the salvation, and the life that is in God. I've always found a great deal of peace and amazement of God's great power and love through Scripture that speaks to God as light. You know, in songs of worship in the Psalms, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And in the goodness of God's word, um, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Then there's the beautiful opening to the book of John, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, leading to the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. So light is used as a metaphor for truth, the life, and power of God. 
I love this image because it's something so tangible and concrete. I also love this image um, because light can do some really amazing things that, to me, point to God as our creator and our redeemer. So if you forgive me, as I geek out a little bit on the physical properties of light, I promise I won't talk about wavelengths. I don't think I could do that justice. Um, But I just think it's so amazing how sunlight, white light, when it hits a prism, separates out into the full spectrum, you know, the full, um, all the colors of the rainbow. Or... um, you know, when, it's, when it's, the sky is completely overcast and um, dark clouds are, are covering the sky, but there's one little part where the sky opens up and you can see rays of sunlight coming down from heaven. It's a little corny, but I, I seriously love that. Um, and to me, you know, these are small but meaningful reminders of God as light, God's truth and power that has defeated evil, and how the love of God radiates as life in the, as light in the darkness. So um, if we could put the, the passage back up to bring us back um, to today's scripture in Luke, um, I'd actually like to start first with verse 35, and then we'll work our way back around the passage. So verse 35, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. The light within you. I love those words and what they mean for those of us who seek to be followers of Christ. The light of God is already within you, within me. We are created good in God's image, right? And the light, the presence of God is within us. It just is. He just is. This truth just blows me away, right? This is the saving grace and the unconditional love of God, and there's nothing you or I can do to change the fact that the light of God is within us. So let's keep going here because this verse can seem a bit confusing as well, right? It says, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. How can light be darkness? Jesus says, see to it, or some other translations say, be careful that the light within you is not darkness, or that the light within you does not become darkness. So when Jesus says, be careful, that tells me that I have some kind of life-altering responsibility or choice to make. So what is that choice? So let's track back to the beginning of the passage to help answer that. Um, Go back to, yep, verse 33. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. So here, Jesus is establishing himself as the light and continuing this metaphor um, throughout Scripture of God and now himself, right, as the light. Then in verse 34, um, Jesus introduces a new image that your eye is the lamp of your body. It seems clear that you know, the light includes physical sight, but it's also much more than that. Um, Jesus seems to be speaking here to our state of being or our state of consciousness, um, being the lamp of our bodies. Next he says, when your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light, but when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. So understanding the meaning of the word healthy 
was incredibly transformative for me. So to dig into that a little bit, um, the word healthy is the Greek word haplous, um, which can be translated into simple, sincere, or some would say whole as well. So when you see simply, sincerely, or of a single purpose of God, then your whole body is full of light. Now, the alternative is having unhealthy eyes, and the Greek word there is paneiros, which translates to evil or wicked eyes. So for me, this brings me back to the origin series um, from earlier this year when Pastor Daniel led us through a renewed look at the book of Genesis. And one of the many teachings that stuck with me is this simple yet life-or-death truth that we continually face and are a part of, which is the battle versus of the battle of good versus evil, right? Truth versus lies. And here in verse 34, um, Jesus is teaching that how we see, whether we see simply, sincerely, or with diseased evil sight, determines how we see determines whether the light of God shines within us or whether the light of God turns to darkness. So that brings us back to this question of what Jesus is warning us about and what our choice is in the matter. Our responsibility is to see with healthy, simple, sincere eyes. And I love the grace and freedom in that, right? The work of God's kingdom requires the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot move mountains in our own strength, right? But God can. We can't tear down systems of injustice on our own strength, but God can. We, really, we can't even spiritually heal others, other individuals, in our own strength, but God can. So God invites us into his kingdom work. And for his light to shine in us as we follow him, I believe this passage is telling us that he's asking us to take full ownership of how we see. Okay? So I'd like to pivot at this point and explore, really, how can we do this? Um, How can we really own our sight? And to give you a sense of where we're headed, um, just like to briefly cover three, um, three points, three things. Number one, naming our temptations that cloud how we see. Number two, finding ways to actively practice healthy seeing. And number three, the necessity of doing this in, in healthy community. All right? So, so first, naming your own temptations. As a reminder, you know, the, Greek, the words Jesus used were hapfus, simple, sincere, and paneiros, evil or wicked. For me, this brings me back to the Lord's Prayer, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Temptation starts with a lie of some kind. Right? and can very quickly turn into paneiros, or evil sight. Um, so I'll try to illustrate this with, with a brief personal story. Um, I had the chance to hear Dr. John Perkins speak at a Christian Community Health Fellowship conference several years ago. And Dr. Perkins is you know, a national faith leader, um, familiar to many of us. He's the founder of the Christian Community Development Association and has been influential to us here, um, here at River City. So I was really excited to hear him speak. Um, Dr. Perkins was leading a Bible study with a group of healthcare professionals. And he used a term that has stuck with me ever since. 
Um, he was teaching on the sin of self-determination. The sin of self-determination. So there were many in the audience who had chosen to dedicate their medical careers to people and communities without access to health care, and in doing so had, had made personal and financial sacrifices right, to live out this mission. So Dr. Perkins was addressing a group of people who were actively serving and actively living out a kingdom call to love their neighbor. But he was naming the temptation of self-determination in the midst of that. Um, so in full transparency, this was really convicting for me um, because I realized this was actually a temptation of mine. It's not easy to admit, but I was tempted to follow Jesus into a life of justice work, but to do so on my own terms, right? That was my temptation, the sin of self-determination. So this specific temptation might resonate with some of you, um, but it might not seem particularly relevant to you. Um, It probably goes without saying that we all struggle with different temptations that affect how we see ourselves, how we see God, and how we see others. So in the spirit of inclusivity, just to name a few, um, your temptation, you you may face the temptation to believe that only you can save that person or that situation. You may face the temptation to avoid conflict and keep the peace in all circumstances. Or you may face the temptation of self-preservation, protecting your emotional, physical, or financial capacity at all costs. So this list could obviously go on and on. Um, And the topic of temptation is really deep, and I know I just glossed over the surface. But again, as we tie this back to our passage in Luke, I think I really believe that naming your temptation is a vital first step to healing and redemption so that we can see with healthy eyes. All right? Tracking? Okay. So moving on to number two, um, once we've named our temptation, I found that there are specific practices that can um, really help on a daily basis to help each of us pursue healthy seeing. Depending on what your self-driven temptation is, your spiritual practice may look different. Um, So, you know, to kind of continue on with with my story here, the sin of self-determination often creates a temptation for me to let job stress or the pressure to perform completely cloud my sight and block out God. So if I'm in a high-stress situation, my first reaction is to put my head down, block everyone out, and just get the job done. So I found that for me, um, the practice of meditation has been a tangible way to let this go and to see more clearly. Um, So it's kind of scary to be this vulnerable with you all, but thank you all for your grace. Um, I do want to share a little bit more about this as um, I hope and trust that that this might resonate with some of you. So I'm going to share a bit about a practice I learned through the writings of Richard Rohr. That name may be familiar to some of us. He's a faith leader of the Center for Action and Contemplation. And the purpose of this meditation is to help us get beyond our distorted self-image, right? Like the thoughts that pass through our minds um, and the kind of driven by fears and insecurities. And we really kind of let those thoughts define who we are. Um, To get beyond that and to connect us back to the core truth that each of us is created good in God's image, right? And that his spirit already lives within us. So... 
I'm, I'm going to actually read the description of the specific meditation. And if you are willing and interested, I invite you to just close your eyes for a second and kind of follow through um, as I read through this meditation. All right, here goes. Imagine a river or stream. You're sitting on the bank of this river where boats and ships are sailing past. While the stream flows past your inner eye, I ask you to name each one of the vessels or thoughts floating by. For example, one of the boats could be called my anxiety about tomorrow. Or along comes the ship, objections to my spouse, or I don't do that very well. Every judgment that you pass is one of these boats. Take the time to give each one of them a name and then let it move on. All right, the end. Um, so, you know, for, for me, that was, I just kind of pictured myself sitting out in the sunlight, kind of seeing the sparkling waters of the river and being able to just name these thoughts that are driven by my own stress and anxiety naming them, letting them pass by, and then all that's left is just sitting with God, being with God and kind of feeling his presence, right? For me, that, that feeling of sunlight really just brings that home for me. So, um, so I hope that was maybe kind of helpful for some of you. Um, so, you know, again, just one practice that God has used in my life um, and depending on how you see what your temptation might be, your practice could look very different. Um, so some other practices that might resonate more with you, actually being action-oriented as a spiritual practice um, could, be, um, could be what you need. So practicing um, having the courage to enter tough situations or conversations that you might simply just have avoided in the past before and chosen to be an observer. Or the practice of carving out more time to be present with people, right? Or your practice may be more contemplative, like what we just walked through with this, with this meditation. Um, the practice of creating space for self-reflection and practicing solitude. Or um, maybe the practice of having short prayers and reminders of God's love to come back to at different parts, different times throughout the day. All right, so that was number two. Um, just to kind of Bring, bring us home here with number three. I have found that it's really essential to practice healthy seeing in community. I really don't think it's possible to do this on your own. We want to see with healthy eyes, right, so that this light of God can shine within us. Um, and we also want the light of God to shine, you know, going back to verse 33, it says, so that those who come in may see the light. We really need others to help name our blind spots and temptations and start our healing process. So on that note of kind of the importance of self-reflection, but doing so in community and ultimately um, connecting back to who God is in our lives, I want to close by tying today's teaching from Luke to the greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So I see the greatest commandment as a triangle with God at the top, our neighbor as the second point, and ourselves as the third. 
Um, so, you know, how we see, um, whether we see with healthy eyes or unhealthy, evil eyes, affects our relationship with God, our relationship with our neighbor, and our relationship with ourselves. And I really believe that as we grow and as we see more clearly, um, it's never that you just see yourself more clearly, right? How you see yourself will directly affect um, your relationships with others, your relationship with God. Um, and it's really this kind of unending cycle that, that um, perpetuates through, which I think is just such a beautiful thing. So, you know, I love that we as River City are a church that desires to actively live out our faith in the neighborhood. And how we see individually and collectively is really everything. Um, And I found that, for me, I need to be intentional about how I see myself, how I see others, and ultimately how I see God. And um, I'm just so thankful to be a part of a community, a loving community that encourages and challenges all of us to, to see with healthy eyes so that our collective light can shine. All right. That's all I've got. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. And invite the worship team to come back up and lead us. Sanctify by your grace
Thank you.